Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bennett with the Chris and Sandy Show. We'll get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you. We've got Shell coming on. She's doing some great things out there in the music world. We're excited to have her on and she's um, living in LA. So we're going to talk about a little bit of that too and what's going on there. But Shell, welcome to the show. Yes, Hi, welcome. Everyone. Thank you guys for having me. It's our pleasure. Yes. Um, I like to start the show out every time talking about an issue that's really tough out there right now. So how has COVID affected you and what have you done to kind of maneuver through that? Um, it's It's been interesting. It's it's obviously, I think it's been interesting for everyone. Um, you know, when, when quarantine first started, that was really difficult. I'm very close with my family. And so the idea of not being able to see my family for an indefinite amount of time was really hard for me. Um, and so I, and also, you know, being in entertainment, that was one of the first things to shut down, um, was the entertainment industry. Not only that I do plus size modeling. So the modeling industry shut down pretty hard too. And and so for the first like month or so, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? Uh, I was I was just about to go to South by Southwest to perform a bunch of shows and South by Southwest got canceled. And so I was like, oh, I have to figure something out. And, you know, of course, I think probably like most people, the first couple of weeks, you get a little depressed because you're like, what do I do? How do I make this work? But I've always been the type of person where I will try to find a way. <laughs> and um, it was interesting. I had a friend call me. We had wrote a song um, like six months, maybe more before. And uh, it was called Party of One. And he said to oh, wow. me, he said to me, Shell, wow. if there was ever a time to put out a song called Party of One. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> he said, it's now because everybody's having a party of one. And that really gave me something to focus on. So I I dove into releasing that. I dove into TikTok, where there's a will, there's a way. I realized yeah. that TikTok was blowing up and that um, most of the songs that were playing on the radio were TikTok songs. And I was like, you know what? Let me get on this platform, start making videos, and try to build a following. And then hopefully at some point, maybe I could get one of my songs um, on one of their playlists if I if I make a big enough stink on the app. <laughs> so fortunately for me, that that all happened. I I started making TikToks. I got somewhat of a following. Um, I got verified on TikTok. TikTok reached out to me because uh, they wanted to do like I think when when you hit a certain point or somebody takes notice, they call you and do like a best practices call where they they talk to you about like how like what like the best practices on TikTok are and oh, like, wow. anyways. But uh, then I was able to talk to ask them about how I could go about getting like one of my songs considered for the for playlisting and um, my next single that I put out uh, called Friends. I they they told me I could submit it to them for consideration and they put it on their new releases playlist on TikTok oh, wow. which oh, wow. was very cool. Um so I really took that time um of of quarantine to 
look for what can I do? You know what I mean? In times yeah. where, I, where, cause I, I've been independent this whole time. I've, I've been trying to make my own way this whole time. Mm -hmm. And every time I hit a point of, of, I don't know what to do. And I start to feel anxious and depressed. I think, okay, slow down. What can you do right now? What bite can you chew off right now? It's not necessarily the big picture, but what's a small thing that may eventually lead to bigger things? And yeah. so, you know, I dove, I dove into, I could release music. I have, I have music that I had been working on for a while that was sitting in folders. So I was like, okay, let me take this time to release some of my music, to work on social media platforms, to try to connect more with um, fans on the internet and internet marketing. Um, and, you know, I felt like that was rewarded. I it, it felt really good this past year to make progress in some of these ways to get like have a further reach yeah. to, mm -hmm. to release some of my artwork because it's hard to sit on, on <laughs> these pieces that you've created that you're excited about. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of how I how I managed quarantine and of course you know i don't want to act like it was all rainbows and sunflowers yeah. or right. still is for that matter. Tough. um mm -hmm. it's tough and uh like you get lonely sometimes and i'm single so that, that's tough too and <laughs> because i have her uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys are very lucky to have each other um because dating dating during covid is Interesting to say the least. <laughs> and you know, you're talking about the little process of trying to find mm -hmm. the way. I remember recently we heard a sermon, and I look, and I think it plays right into what you said. That first you go out and you do what's necessary, and that's exactly what you did. You're like, okay, I sat down. Yeah. I just got to do something. You do what's necessary. So then you do what's possible. And as you start to st be consistent in what's possible, you'll start to do what's impossible. Yeah, it's it's it 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 does work like that. You know what I mean? I think you know. Of course, there's there's a lot to be said for prayer and for and for faith and for and belief in yourself, but there has mm -hmm. to also be action. Oh, yeah. Without the action, yeah, it's exactly. You can't you can't sit and just hope that something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Where in the Bible says faith without works is dead. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> you still got to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, for us with this, show, you know, like we launched this show January 3rd of 2020. Mm -hmm. And our original plan was 100 interviews first year. We thought if we did 100 yeah. interviews, we'd be ahead of most hosts. I don't know too many hosts that can say they've done 100 interviews their first year. And then COVID happens. And I remember telling Sandy, you know what? This is our time. This is our time to shine. I was like, you know, I knew that entertainers, artists, actors, all that, they're going to need a place to talk, to rant, to whatever. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? We're going to give that to them. And because of that, um, we end up with interviewed over 300 people last year. That's amazing. So we took advantage of it. Yes. Again, I was joking. And, and, and I hope people don't take this the wrong way because it's not like we are happy that no, COVID happened. of course happened. not. But we'll, we'll be able to look back five years from now and if our mm -hmm. show is at the level of like a Ryan Seacrest, you know, a Bobby Bones, we'll be able to look back and say, you know what? It's only here because of COVID. Yeah. No, I mean, 
life life happens and and i don't think anyone gets out of out of life without having a few bad things happen um in, in your lifetime and so it's all about what you do after those bad things happen it's all about how you pick yourself mm -hmm. up and exactly. how you how you move after that and so i think you know obviously nobody is happy that that yeah. COVID happened and we right. all this wasn't a thing but but you took you're, you're making the most of this you make you made lemonade out of lemons so <laughs> yeah we did what we could because again yeah. nobody even to this date you know again you know everybody's starting to get vaccinated nobody really knows when now i believe it'll be yeah. either into this year or or into next year before we start to see any kind of normalcy within events of like right. new music and yeah, i've got a lot of music friends that they're believing summer and i'm like i wouldn't do that i would i would prepare for next year yeah and i think even then i don't know if things will go back to the way that they were because yeah. i think there's right. gonna, like like i said earlier about fatigue i think there's going to be a little bit of fatigue in mm -hmm. you know like I, I mean, I went to one thing um, over the summer that it was like a, it was supposed to be like a dinner party. And I thought there were going to be maybe 10 people there. And I got there and there were like 15 people. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> and, um, and so I think that might happen with events too. I think people will feel slightly uncomfortable for a while. Yeah. Of course, yes. And you know, I remember seeing a photo. I don't know if this was fake or what, because you never know what with the internet. But if this was real, I kind of like this. It was a photo of a concert in overseas where they had these pods, and each family, oh, yes, individual, individual pod. Like each family had their own pod. We were like, oh, we like that. <laughs> I could just kick back and watch the show without being yeah. worried about being crowded. You know. <laughs> My dad was just telling me, have you heard of, have you heard of the group, uh, the Flaming Lips? I've heard of them. Um, it's very cool, very cool band, even cooler live concert. Um, but they, they, in the past before COVID, they, he had this like, like bubble that like, he had these like big bubble balls that he would throw out to the audience. But, uh -huh. but mm -hmm. what he did is he threw a concert and he had everybody come in inside of a bubble Wow. Ah. So it was like you know the movie Bubble Boy or whatever. They <laughs> I remember that movie. In these <laughs> bubbles, and it like we're able to watch this concert. But oh wow, that's well, pretty cool. You do what you got to do, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, a lot of people they like to ask, you know, when did you know you wanted to do music? But I like to go deeper than that. Okay. When did it click that it could actually be a career? So my parents joked that I came out singing. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, my mom put me in voice lessons when I was five because I was running around the house singing at the top of my lungs uh, and it was not on key. So, um, <laughs> so uh, I've known, I've known as long as I can remember that I was passionate about singing. I remember being very, very young and telling people that I wanted to be a pop singer. I wanted to be Christina. Christina Aguilera was my idol growing up. Uh, um, yes. If it was between, of course I liked Britney Spears, but if it was between Britney and Christina, it was always gonna be Christina. And, <laughs> and I had a big voice too. I've always had a really big voice when it came to singing. I, I did like big ballads, big belting show songs. Um, I didn't, always need a microphone because my voice is very loud when I sing. Um, mm -hmm. And so I don't know, it was, 
it was always something that I dreamt of. Um, but obviously, mm -hmm. I grew up in Springfield, Illinois, which is the middle of Illinois, um, mostly, <laughs> mostly cornfields. The capital is there, but for the most part, it's it's a small town and there's not a whole lot going on there. Um, so having dreams of being a pop singer in a small cornfield town, also being a heavy kid, um, it, it was a lot stacked against that dream. So it wasn't that yeah. I, mm -hmm. it wasn't that I didn't think it was possible, yeah. mm -hmm. but, but you start to think of it as a dream and less of as a, I'm going to work towards making this happen. Cause you're yeah. a kid mm -hmm. and people are telling you be realistic or people are making fun of the way that you look like because you don't look like the typical pop singer at the time. Um, but I think for me, I hit a point when I was I always stayed in music. I always did anything that I could get into, all the choirs, all the musicals, everything. But I hit a point when it was, you know, getting time to submit for colleges and whatnot, where I was like, what do I do? Should I look, should I look at these colleges for for voice? Should I should I go for something else? And I think I had applied to one or two schools for a music program and um, it I don't know if I, it was that I didn't get accepted or or whatever it was, but I ended up going to school for fashion design. But in oh, the wow. back, wow. <laughs> that didn't last very long either. <laughs> in the back of my head it was always music. It was always music, but I, but I was going through the motions. Like you know what I mean. Like as a as a young adult, you're told you go to college, you get a degree, you get a job, and so I was going through the motions of what I should do as a 17, 18 year old. And so I went to school and I went and got- I hope parents are watching this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, I got, I got my degree. It was my senior year of college. Um, I always kept a foot in. I continued to take voice lessons, but my senior year of college, um, I, and and I, I believe in fate. And this, this, is, this is a very cool story for me. Um, I was, uh in my car driving and at this point i had really gotten into like i was doing i was uh, a makeup artist freelance and i was doing i was in a stage makeup course and I really enjoyed it so at this point i was thinking well maybe i'll be a special effects makeup artist i don't know um but i was in my car driving and the radio ads came on and usually when radio ads come on i'm like change the station i don't want to hear the radio ads <laughs> But I left them on and this ad came on for a music school in St. Louis that Nelly, the rapper had opened oh, called, wow. called Extreme Institute. And it was for mm -hmm. uh, recording and engineering and music business and management. And I thought in my head, I, I wasn't taking lessons right at that time. So I was, thought in my head, wonder if they give voice lessons. Um, so I called and they said, we have one spot open uh, for voice lessons. And oh, I wow. said, okay, I'll take it. And <laughs> so I, I came in, I started taking lessons. And two weeks later, they asked me if I wanted to go on their summer concert tour with, with Murphy Lee and represent their school. Oh, wow. So I went and I met a producer out of St. Louis who asked me if I wanted to make music. And I was like, that's all I've ever wanted to do. And I never looked back. 
I, I continued to go to school. Um, I got my degree and then I actually continued it on and got my master's degree. Um, but I, throughout that time, I was like almost every single day, <laughs> morning to night, I'd go to the studio from, from like 10 or 11 a.m. to nine at one studio and then from like nine to like three or four a.m. at the other studio and I, I just did that for a couple of years straight. Um, so, you know, I think that at that point, as soon as I had the opportunity to start making music was when I started to take it seriously as wow. a career. Yeah. Mm. And I'm so glad you did that because like, like I said, I hope parents, some parents will be listening to this because I've got friends of mine that are say 15 years in their career. When I say career, I'm not talking about music um, and they're miserable and you sit down with them and you're like, you know, you know, you got this great, lifestyle you got this great family you got this great career and some of them will stop you and say no the career is the problem like what do you mean the career is the problem you went to six years of college for that yeah and, and they're like no i went for other people i never wanted this career yeah. everybody said that what i wanted could never make money and this was way to go to make money and now here they are wasted 15 years of their life so to speak i mean i know it's not wasted, Hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. and, yes. and and they never pursued that one passion that's inside of them and because they listened to all the other people that said this is the right way because even with us you know we've been married 18 years and we've been a 24 7 couple for 18 years and we have been put down we have been called name we have said we're unhealthy we're this we're that and i keep yeah, saying you know out. it's like everybody that tells us that ends up divorced i'm like well we're still here so you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta no, do it your way yeah you i it's hard. It's hard to not to not fold under the pressures of of norm normalcy and society and and you know what the media pushes as what you should be doing as well because look, look there's big money in I, I mean the economy can't continue if everybody goes on to do <laughs> it I don't know maybe it could but <laughs> but there's probably a reason that we're pushed in these directions um but it takes right. the strong to go the opposite way it does you know but it's it's interesting because i don't think anyone at 17 or 18 knows certainly what they want to do for the rest of their life like i had an idea in my head that this is what i wanted but i could have been swayed and i'm i don't regret the the opportunity to explore um, a bunch of different fields. Okay, and, you figured out it wasn't for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I did I did different jobs and internships. I, at one point, I thought maybe I wanted to uh, work in politics, and I did an internship, <laughs> and, and I was like, no, this isn't for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you you know what I mean? I think I think when you're when you're a teenager, when you're a young adult, that is the time to try everything, to explore everything, see what. Yeah. Mm -hmm, see what absolutely. makes your heart sing and like what makes you feel the best and you know what that might change you know mm -hmm. what i mean i think exactly. i think you could you could be in your 40s and and what what made you passionate in your 20s is no longer and and that's okay it's okay to change paths it's okay to change your passion yeah. it's just 
like you said, it's important to stay true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, exactly. that's where it's a problem is people conform to what other people want. Like I said, I'm not mad at the fact that I went. Yeah. But mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is perfect leadway into uh, my next little segment is, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, the glory of like a Britney Spears, the glory of like a Christina Aguilera. But they don't see the sacrifice, the struggles, the the tears that it takes not just to get to their level, but to get to a career level period within the entertainment world. And I've always said on this show, we will talk about, because nobody talks about this. And it's the most important thing, I think, to talk about when it comes to music, entertainment, and all that. And I'm going to tell a quick story to help guide us where I want this to go. <clears throat> we interviewed in 2014 a girl named Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, her and her daughter were full-time with music. And I remember asking Allison what advice she'd given up and coming artists. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, this may sound funny coming from someone full time, but if you can see yourself doing something else, then go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, everybody kind of owns a piece of you from that point on, whether you like it or not, you're going to be pulled in every direction. Your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to getaways, all that. But when you're in that grind mode, you can't say yes to that because you're, you're grinding this thing out. There's so much sacrifice there. Then your family has to say, they kind of have to kick you out the door and say, okay, world, she's yours, you know, and they have to live with that. Um, But then she added, but, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. And you, I know you did hit a little bit about that side already. I there There's a lot I agree with with that. I, I do think that this is one of the hardest career paths you can choose for yourself because the success rate is so low. And um, I mean, it's a gamble. You you can you can work your butt off and and end up somewhere, but but not ever where you want to be. And and it's yeah. it's it's such a fickle, hard industry that you'll be on top today and bottom tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Like you've seen, you've seen with a lot of celebrities that that were literally on top of the world and are like have to fight to make their way back up. I was just listening to a chat with a celebrity um, and she was literally one of the biggest celebrities maybe 10, 15 years ago. And she was saying how she can't she can't get her music out. And wow. like mm-hmm. that's crazy to me. That's you crazy. Or you see, you know, like situations like with Kesha, where she she got um, like she wasn't able to put out music for like ten years because of the mm-hmm. bad situation with her manager, and yeah. and so it's like, and there's a lot of shadiness in the industry, and it's just you you really, I really truly believe that you should not go into this mm-hmm. if if it isn't in your heart if it isn't a, mm-hmm. isn't a passion of yours because That's basically what she was saying yeah no i i agree with that i mean look if you love making music and and like you want to do it as a hobby and see where it goes but not really put 
your whole world into it, then sure, do that. I'm not saying don't don't try, but, yeah. but the thing is, is you really have to invest all of yourself into this. Even even if like even if you got, get lucky and you the first thing you put out blows up and and it's an overnight success, you still have to then. It's it's still hard from there. It's still. Yeah. You find yourself in rooms with people who are trying to take advantage of you, who are trying to take pieces of everything that you do, who will try to take credit for the things that you do, and who will try to get you out of all of your money or get you to sign something that that locks you into a contract for a bad contract for a long time. It's just yeah. this particular career path is surrounded by sharks and by piggyback people and and anyone who can possibly like get their hands on it if you start to succeed. And yep. so, mm -hmm. and so, you know, it's, it's tough. You're going to constantly have people telling you what they think you should do. You're going to constantly have people telling you that your work isn't good enough. You're going to constantly like, it's, <laughs> it's constant, constant critiques, constant no's, constant falling downs, constant, mental breakdowns where you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, but, if, but if you're passionate, it's also, I can't tell you some of, some of the big moments in my career have been some of the most rewarding moments of my life. And, yeah. and yeah. you, when you have these wins, it's like these feelings, it's like there've been moments where I've just cried because it was like, I've been working so hard. I've been doing so mm -hmm. much. And you finally get somewhere and you're like, oh my gosh, it's just this overwhelming feeling. And, and not only that, but like for me in particular, because part of what I do is um, it is important to me to also have a message and to yeah. work to better my community and my, and my surrounding in any way that I can. So for me to, to make those, those leaps forward and at the same time be able to help um, with the progress of humanity in some sort of way. <laughs> it's, it's so rewarding if you're willing to get back up, if you're willing to take the blows, if you're willing to, whatever it is, it, I, I think it's worth the reward. Um, maybe at some point I won't, I won't feel that way, but for now I feel that way. I will also say that Almost every person I know, whether they're an artist or a producer or in music management or anything really in the industry, almost every person I know, you have to be a little selfish. You have to be a little selfish to be an artist because the reality is, is you have to put everything you have into this career. Yeah. You, have to oh, yes. it, you have to give all of yourself to it. And so therefore it becomes your baby. It becomes number one that comes before relationships. It comes before friendships. It comes before like everything else. That's why I'm glad we do this together because, yeah. you know, we could put all that in yeah. together. together. And, <laughs> and I do, there are some lucky people out there who find that and who are able to really like lift each other up and, and do, do it together and better each other. But, but it's hard. And um, a lot of people I know in the industry 
have trouble with relationships, have trouble with yeah. with all of all of that stuff. So you do sacrifice. You sacrifice in a lot of ways, and it can be very lonely because a lot of times, you know, you you make friends, but your journey. Don't know if they're real. You don't know if they're real, but also like, also like your journey. Nobody, unless you're in a in a group or in a band with somebody, and they're going through exactly the same things that you're going through, you kind of feel like nobody understands your particular yeah. struggle, hmm. and so it's hard to relate to people, um, especially if you have friends who aren't in music or who aren't in they they just won't get it. They won't get the like the sacrifices and the and and the wins and like all of these things i still i still have some people that that don't understand what i'm doing um and they you know it's like you you constantly have people that are like well when are you going to start having kids and it's like <laughs> <laughs> probably not soon <laughs> but, but you know i think i do agree a lot with what the other woman you interviewed said, I think I think if you love it, it's worth it. It can be rewarding. Um, I don't want to say that you shouldn't go after it because yeah. mm -hmm. I think you know if I'm one of those people where I I don't want to regret anything. I don't want to regret right. that I didn't try. That I didn't. That I didn't go after something so if it's in if it's in your head like this is what i want try it see how it works for you i, I wouldn't ever steer somebody to not do it but yeah. i would say it would be important to inform that it's not all like rainbows and butterflies it, and yeah. you know even these people who are on top either they're fighting to get back on top or or you know i I sometimes even sympathize for people like like the Kardashians and not being able to go anywhere or do anything without it being. I can't imagine that. Oh, no, wow. can, can you imagine? Can you imagine like not being able to like step out of a car or like give your child give your child a stuffed animal with somebody saying, "Well, I can't believe you gave them a shark stuffed animal. You're gonna you're gonna damage them for the rest of their life." Mm -hmm. Every small little detail. So it's. You know, there's there's beautiful parts to it. There's not so great parts to it. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. responsibility that comes with it. Um, and mental health is not talked about all that much. Yeah, and, it's so true. It's and, so important. You and know, this will bring it out more. Yeah, yeah, even even the strongest of people, even the strongest of people, I have seen break down from being in this industry, and mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it's it's you know there's and, he, and even with like the show we do, you know, we want to be the Bobby Bones, the Ryan C. Chris, you know, and all that out there. But as a couple, and we're giving it everything we got, and we're all in. And of course, when we first launched, I remember I told Sandy and in the 2019 that yes, you know, I think it's you know we ran a little site called New Country Buzz, and I was like, okay, it's time to take the next level and interview up and coming country artists. That's where this show started. Was yeah, just that's that. the roots. You know, that's the roots of this. That's where our contacts were. So that's where we started. Right. 
And I remember her telling me, you you know, do you think we can do this? <laughs> yeah. You know, she didn't, she'll tell you, she didn't believe it. She's like, okay, well, whatever you want to do, we'll do it. But she didn't believe in yeah, the idea. Yeah, give it a try. <laughs> and, and, you know, like you were saying, you know, still, if you like the ideal, just try it, see. And yeah. so we launched and all of a sudden we went from country music to then music to then entertainment. Next thing we know, we have people like Ed Asner, the legendary actor coming on the show. Yes. And we're sitting there like, okay, um, this is a little bigger than we thought. <laughs> you know, yeah, but we love it. But a lot of people they see it, they see our one hour show or so, so to speak, and we have fun. They see that part of it, but they don't see the back and forth yeah. with with all these people I'm trying to get on the show, trying to book this, trying to book that, all the hundreds and hundreds of people that says, nope, uh, the PR, because sometimes PR people can be really mean to people like us. Yeah. Most time, in most cases, they're not, but you know, but there are sometimes it's like, ooh, they shouldn't have said it that way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. for the most part, you know, but we go back and forth and they say no, and they say, no, that's not a great fit. And so we go through the rejection just like a lot of artists do. So we, we have to balance doing our side job that right we make now. money with right now. Yeah. And then we got an eight year or a nine year old as of today. Yeah, uh, um, little Chris. He went, he went on his birthday, um, yes. and then we've got a 22 month old little daughter. So we're trying to balance all this out. So it's like so much, and we don't know if this show is ever going to make money. But yet we're all in. We put all, all in. in this whole last year, and we're all in this year, and we believe in this show. But we know, we just know that we enjoy the show. We enjoy having people like you on. And it just brings something into our marriage mm -hmm. that we never experienced until now. Well, I'm glad you guys decided to do it. But, I, but I do understand because I was, I was radio hosting for my first two years in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, for me personally, I, I, as an artist, I was interviewing up and coming artists. And I, as yeah. an artist, I never wanted to give an interview that I wouldn't want to have. Yeah. So, so for mm -hmm. me, I was a one man show. So I would, I would do two hours of research on the artist before they came in. I would listen to their songs. I would watch the videos and read the articles. And, and then after the show, you know, there's, there was the editing. You like, I edited the show. I put everything together. I, I took pictures while we were there. I did the Instagram posts. I'd send it to the station. I, and you choose music to go in between. And, and it was a lot of work that people only see the the one hour segment and they don't yes. see, you know, you guys setting up the cameras, you guys setting up the mics, you guys doing the research and the editing and the promoting and the reaching out to the the PR and and they're getting me tired listening here. I'm like, yeah, but it's that's true. It. It, but it's true. so true. You know, it's so much mm -hmm. work. And it, and it doesn't matter. And, and I'm not saying that a nine to five career isn't work. But, oh, yeah, but yeah, entertainment yeah. industry, because you're competing with so many people, you're there's just so much more work, I believe, that goes into making something work. Well, and the other thing is, is because of how, because of how media has changed, because mm -hmm. like over mm -hmm. the last 15 years with, with internet, with social media accounts, with um, you know, we used to buy CDs and now it's now like, and then it went from CDs to iTunes and, and 
pirating music off of Napster or whatever. I remember them days. <laughs> oh, I remember them too. Yeah. To streaming mm-hmm. platforms and and you know it's it's all changing so drastically so quickly that that labels aren't interested in signing anyone that hasn't couldn't already make a living yeah, without the label. Exactly. And and so you know you make that fight even harder because unless unless you already have the ability to do it on your own um you won't find people who are interested in putting their money behind you one of them double-edged swords mm-hmm. it's like they want you to be because you know back in the day they had whole departments that polished um artists and all artist development they mm-hmm. no longer do artist development they, artists has to find other ways to develop now if you can perform, if you've got the following, you got that. Now they will talk where now because now their money is less likely to lose. Yeah. And speaking of that, as you know, a lot of people they see artists like you and artists and, and the big artists and all that. They don't see the teams behind them. And I think the teams don't get enough love, to be honest with you. But on our show, they get love. Yeah. So if you want to take a couple minutes, just tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Sure. Yeah. No, I I could not be where I am without without the people who are helping me. Um, I mean, my, my mom is my right-hand man. Uh, after, after she really realized, like, this was it for me. It took it took oh, wow. it mm-hmm. took probably a year or so for her to realize like this this was what I was gonna do. Um, <laughs> she really jumped on board, and it's interesting because my mom is not a big music person. Um, she got a master's in business. She's mm-hmm. she's amazing, um, but she really jumped into this role um, and. She calls me every day and reminds me of all the things I need to do. She mm-hmm. sends emails. She makes sure that like everything is in order. I because I, I'm very scatterbrained and I forget everything and I I have so many things going on all the time that sometimes it's just it's too much to 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 remember everything. So if yes. if I didn't have her checking in on me sometimes multiple times a day, <laughs> I I wouldn't be doing nearly as much as I'm doing right now. Um, and she, you know, is my rock. I, I am constantly a mess and she's constantly telling me everything's great, everything's good and putting me in perspective. Um, but, you know, so my mom, my dad um, is also insanely supportive of my career. I feel very blessed that, that they both, um, have really supported me and really believe in me and, and have come with me on, on my journey. Um, my, my brothers both, um, help me in any way that they can. Um, and, and they have t-shirts that say shell that they wear all the time. (laughs) My older brother uh, and his wife send me photos of, of their daughter in shell t-shirts. And, um, (laughs) and, uh, but beyond that, um, I have a manager named Roger and he's been on the team 
for a couple of years now. Um, he came to hear me play. He's from Chicago and I was performing in my hometown in Springfield a couple of years back and he came to hear me play and, and he has been unwaveringly on the team for the last couple of years. Um, we talk sometimes multiple times a week and um, it's, it's nice because he's been in the industry for I think between somewhere between 27 and 30 something years. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah. he, he teaches uh, at Columbia in uh, music business. Um, and, and his wife is also in the music industry. So it's it's nice for me to to have somebody knowledgeable to bounce ideas off of to you know help help with whatever uh, needs to be helped with. Recently, <laughs> right before I released my last single, um, we brought on uh, my PR. Uh, her name is Amanda Panda, and she is incredible. Um, I absolutely love her. Uh, she she really believes in the message and the music, and she has been a powerhouse um, with fighting to make a lot happen in the last six months or so. I don't know, um, but you know, I I feel very blessed that all these people are here for me and are doing it because they want to be doing it and and they believe in it because you know i'm sure with you guys it's it's hard sometimes it gets hard you you doubt yourself sometimes you i think as as humans as humans you could have the best work in the world and you could still tell yourself it's trash And so, and I think also as creatives or when you're putting together something that's artistic, um, you're always going to have varying opinions and, or, and it takes, and it takes a long time, you know, to, to get things moving and to make. And you always feel like an outcast all your life. So then that adds to it. Yes. And so, and so. You know, having a team of people who support you, who lift you up, who who believe in you, who listen to your music, who, you know, want the best for you and, and you're not worried that they're taking advantage. Cause I've definitely over the years I've had bad managers, I've had bad uh contracts and and bad situations. Oh. I, I don't think you get through this industry without having at least one really bad situation with with a it's man really bad when a label does it too because we heard yeah. some friends but how labels sometimes and and i didn't know that this could even be possible but we've had several people on the show that says one of the worst things that they've seen out there is where a label will come to somebody and it you know and let's say they have an artist and of course, not all labels do this. So I don't want to make people think all labels do this, but there are some that will. But they ha- they have an artist that they've put millions of dollars in. You have the same kind of base that they do. And they'll come to you and offer you a deal to come. So now you're all excited. I'm getting signed by a major label. And they sign you. And then they shelf you for three yep. years. Yep. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that happen a lot um, because, like like we said, they're interested in numbers. They're interested in money. So if you're 
if your music doesn't take off, if your music flops um, in any way, shape or form, they're moving on to the next bigger and better thing. And a lot of these labels, a lot of the big labels have like hundreds of artists on their roster. So mm. you have to think. So you're competing with that too. You're, you're competing with these hundreds of other artists and, and like they have teams of people, but they're gonna use their resources for the ones that are current and are in the spotlight and, mm -hmm. and whatever it is. So then you, yeah, you you see a lot of times where they'll sign you on a deal, they'll shelf you. The other really terrible thing is a lot of times, you know, they they sign they have you sign a deal for a couple million dollars, and you think that money is yours to spend, but in the contract it basically says you pay us back in right. in in your sales in all of this you pay us back for all this money like a loan and then mm -hmm. once you've paid it off then you profit um right. and so a lot of times what happens is people sign these deals they spend the money and then they're stuck having to pay a label back however much money Wow. And I'm glad we're talking about this because, you know, on our show, we try to talk about some of the things that other shows won't touch. And, you know, this is definitely a subject that most shows will not touch because, you know, they don't want to make you it wanna get in bad with it. And, and, you know, I just want to build something here that is raw, that honest, authentic. And and I think that it's important for some of this stuff to come out because I think that people who are about to step into this crazy arena called entertainment, they need to know before they get in there because again, even knowing you're still going to do bad deals, still going to happen, yeah. but at well, least you can know what to look for. You have to think and, and you know, you have to think you come into the industry and you've, you've been working really hard and, and you've been making all this music and you've been and you've been trying to make things happen maybe you've been working on your brand you've been doing photo shoots you've been reaching out to a million people and finally one day somebody comes to you and says i want to like cuz my my one of my friends calls them um, dream sellers people who sell dreams uh -huh. mm -hmm. um, and you have somebody come to you and they say i'm going to make you a star i'm yeah. like mm -hmm. i i can get you famous in six, eight months, whatever it is. Um, I I believe in you. I'm going to make you a star. Anybody who tells you they're going to make you We've a star. We've had people try to say that for our show and I've turned it anybody down. Anybody who says yeah. that is can't do it because the real people are going to say, you know, we can get the ball rolling. They're not going to make I, any promises yeah. to you. Yeah. Any solid promises they're they're bluffing they're they're saying something you know because nobody knows for sure it's 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 a gamble every time you do something like this it's a gamble but yeah, um but you know you have a lot of you have a lot of dream sellers out there and so if you, you everybody who wants this wants it so bad that it's the first person who comes to them and says i can do it for you but the shortcut they want to take that shortcut instead of just saying you know what i'm gonna just hunker down and, yep. and do it the way it's always been done and then eventually get there. Yeah. And the problem is, is a lot of these contracts, you know, unless unless you have some sort of legal background or like have have read a bunch of contracts before, they're yeah. very cryptic. And so you don't realize that you're in. I remember one of the first contracts I saw said something like in, perpet, in perpetuity. 
And, and I didn't know what that meant. And I realized that it meant for life. <laughs> and, right. and so I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, you're, you're, at, you're saying you want to own my image for life. Wow, and, wow. that's crazy. Wow. Like it was in very small print and- I and, never imagined that. You know what I mean? So a lot of times these contracts have crazy, crazy terms in there and you don't realize it. And, and you're so excited that this person wants to help you that you sign these deals that oh. that then are either impossible to get out of or cost crazy amounts of money to take to court. And you know, there's a, there, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a hard industry. And, you know, speaking of teams, we've got a third co-host, our, our nine-year-old who just turned nine today. Yes, we always let him come on and ask one question to each yeah, artist. I'll get it. So she's right. going to be getting, and, you know, we got a 22-month-old little daughter that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her in. <laughs> like, like, you, like you are, you know, we're a family affair show, and it sounds like you're a family affair um, business, so to speak. Yes. I, yeah. I feel very blessed about that. And that's the only way to be, you know, again, and you do stuff like this for the family. And if you can include them too, oh, it's so awesome. Yeah. Hi, Shell. Hi, happy birthday. Thanks. So what's your favorite food? Oh, that's a good question. So my dad's side of the family is Sicilian and my great grandma brought all of our family secret recipes uh, from Italy, from Sicily, um, when she, when the family came, she brought them with her. And so I got to grow up with all these amazing homemade Italian dinners. And so my favorite of them is my Nana's stuffed eggplant. So it's, it's eggplant with like cheese and breadcrumbs and parsley and olive oil and all these yummy things wrapped up. And then you put then you fry it and then you put it in a pan and then you put sauce all over it and then you serve it like that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Pizza. Good choice. That's, <laughs> that's probably a, a, a close second for me. <laughs> if we fed it to him all day, he would eat it all day. What's your favorite kind of pizza? Mm, a pepperoni. Guy after my own heart. <laughs> sometimes I say pepperoni, sometimes pepperoni and sauces because he likes both. Those are both yep. really good choices. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Bye, happy birthday. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> he loves that part. And, you know, I can't, you know, I always said from day one, we want to include the family and all that. And, mm -hmm. and we've been able to do that. You know, not every job can do that. But you know what? This career, we can. So we will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this past February made or last February, I should say, I guess next month will be six years on this. It but will be. Last February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the guests that same question, because the answer that she gave us when nobody really knew um, who she was, was almost to the T of what she's living now. I mean, this girl knew where she was going and ain't and ain't what nobody was stopping her. <laughs> and they didn't. I mean, she's topping a country world mm -hmm. right now. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? That's a, it's a hard question because- Especially with COVID. I, I kind of have adapted this lifestyle of living my life in one year terms. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of have, have adapted over the past few years, like, let me 
work really hard this year and see where I'm at in a year and then reevaluate. Mm -hmm. Um, because everything changes, everything yeah. changes in a year. So much happens, and and if you're doing it right, you will be you will be in a whole different place a year from uh, one year from now. I'll be. What do you want to be in a year? Um, I would love for in a year to either be um, independently independently putting out like a lot of music and doing a lot of shows and um and or you know sign with a major label and uh right in, 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 in the right terms um <laughs> and um be you know putting out a lot of music and and doing shows and um yeah i just i want to be i want to do what I love. Obviously, I'm doing that right now. I'm I'm putting out music and I'm I'm performing when I can and and um, making a lot of content. But I want to I want to be doing more of it and I want to be doing it at a higher scale. And I want to mm -hmm. um, I want to have more of a reach. I want to be able to continue to push for a lot of these um, a lot of these uh, advocacies that I believe in. Um, um, for these movements that I believe in, I want to be able to do more for that. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just want to be able to create more. I want to be able to have a further reach and I want to be able to do more for my community. I love that. Um, <laughs> let's kind of look 15 years down the road and let's just say that you are a success on a grand scale, whatever that looks like for you, you're there. Uh, <laughs> the person you are today, could meet your future successful self, what would you remind her? Something I have a lot of trouble with is looking back. I, you know, I, I'm always so caught up in looking forward and what I need mm -hmm. to do and what still needs to be done and, and where I am not yet that I forget to look back and to realize how far I've come and to realize some of the major things that I've been able to do and make happen um, as a as a big girl from a small town yeah. in Illinois, um, I've I've made a lot happen, and so I think I, I I'm human, and I think I will, especially in this career path, I will continue to have my sights set forward. But I think I would remind myself to look back. Yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely That's love that. Now, Sandy's got a few questions that she'd like to add to real quick. Okay. Yeah, if you could describe your music to someone who's never heard it before, how would you describe it? Um, I would say it is pop soul, pop rock. It's it's um it's indie pop. It's it's pop music for sure. Uh, but I grew up listening to so many different types of music and, and I was, you know, I was in the jazz choir, I was in the acapella group, I was in, I was in the regular choir and, um, my older brother loved rock, rock music. So I would steal his CDs and my dad is very into all sorts of music and he's taken me to hundreds of concerts, but his, his most recent love is alt rock so we see a lot of alt rock shows together my mom loves frank sinatra um 
I, I've always loved top 40 music. So I'm, I've been listening to so many different genres. And for me, uh, I like to infuse my music with more than just straight pop. Um, uh-huh. But uh, I would say one of my biggest influences is Sia. Um, I would say I definitely, you could probably hear a little bit of Sia, maybe a little Rihanna, maybe maybe a little bit um, Adele. Um, I also, you know, uh, I get sometimes that they can hear a little Amy Winehouse, which is like, these are, these are all massive compliments when I hear them because I idolize these people, but yes. Yeah. You know, I, I try to I try to make it interesting. Um, obviously, with with pop songs, there's a fail-proof structure. If you mm-hmm. listen to most pop songs, there's there's a winning structure. Like if you listen to songs, there's it's line break, line break, line break, and you can tell like melody-wise, A, B, A, B, or A, 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 B, or, or whatever it is, you can you can mm-hmm. study it and, and you can see um, what makes a hit song, a wow. hit pop song. Yeah. So I try to follow structure, structure, but melody-wise and sound-wise, I, I really try to inflict some tones and some like in my last song, I did a weird thing with my voice that's like, <laughs> and, and some people thought it was an effect on the song, but I was like, oh. I just did a weird, oh. weird thing with my voice, and it sounded really cool on the track. <laughs> awesome. All right, and what do you want your legacy to be as an artist? What do you want to be known for? More than anything, I think that I would like to give to people in some way, shape or form, whether that is if they're taking from my music and it helps them emotionally in some sort of way, or if, or if I can help make somebody, I got a comment way back when I first started putting myself out there on, on social media platforms, somebody so a young girl messaged me and she said, seeing you do this as a big girl makes me feel like I, I can chase my dreams. Wow. Wow. I could do what I want to do too. And, you know, this is before Lizzo was really big. And um, right. so, you know, I think, I think being able to impact somebody in that way, because I take, I take influence from a lot of people. I, I follow mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of people because they inspire me because I see them doing it. And I think, you know what, if they can, if they can feel that confident, if they can rock that swimsuit, if they can, <laughs> if they can um, put themselves out there like that, if they can be this vulnerable, if they can speak their truth, then why can't I? And so if, if, I think more than anything, if I can be that for somebody, if I can be somebody that, that gives hope or inspires or, or gives back or makes somebody feel good in their day or just mm-hmm. feel anything, um, then I think that that will be success for me. I love awesome. that. So as we come to a close here, 
uh, on the final question. Let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her singing and they've got something special. As Simon Cowell would say, they got that it factor. And let's say they played maybe 40 or 50 shows. So this be pre-COVID advice, so keep that yeah. in mind. And they played maybe 40, 50 shows. They're still getting their feet wet on a performance side, but they've gotten on stage and they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they're looking over the crowd, the crowd's roaring for them. And they just know they're in the right place and they come to you and they say, Shell, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next couple of years? Um, if they know that they're supposed to do that, I, I would say, of course, you know, if they're, and especially if they're already at that point where they've been performing, I would, I guess I would tell them to keep their head up and, you know, it, just to remember that sometimes, and, and I try to re remind myself this often, sometimes when it seems the darkest, when it seems the hardest, the most blessings are right around the corner. Because for me, oh, yeah. at the hardest points of my career, it was usually not long after that, that some of the biggest changes, some of the biggest evolutions wow. happened. I think sometimes you know, when you're going through transitionary periods, when you're elevating, um, you can lose people, you can, you can lose careers or situations and, and things fall apart in the process yeah. of you mm -hmm. moving up and, and ascending and, and whatever. Um, and so I, I guess my advice would be to keep going. I love that because mm -hmm. that's all we've yeah. tried to do is just keep, you know, it's like do the next interview, do, do the, reach out to the next person, you know, keep doing this and eventually we will have that breakthrough or breakthrough moments that we've been praying for and mm -hmm. waiting for and they're coming and we've had some good ones, you know, having you on the show, you know, it's been really exciting that, you know, that's kind of a moment for us. Um, but, you know, if you want to just tell everybody how they can, reach out to you. That'd be awesome. Sure. Uh, you can find me. I mean, I've made it pretty easy. Um, you can find me on everything at music yeah. by shell. Uh, that's C H E L. Um, so all my handles are music by shell. Uh, if you want to find me on, um, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Tidal, Amazon, um, it's C-H-E-L in all caps, but I would definitely type in a song name with it, uh, like Nasty Woman Shell or My Name Shell or vice versa, Shell Nasty Woman. Um, and it'll pop right up. I'm on all platforms. Um, YouTube, Music by Shell, if you type it in, I'll pop up. I just did a really cool video for my last single. Um, but yeah, everything Music by Shell. Love awesome. that. You know, we really enjoyed having you on today. We did. And we look forward to having you back down the road. Yeah, it was really nice to meet you guys. Same, um, same here. here.